I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. cell phone is working and if it isn't i hope you can appreciate some time without a working cell phone because that used to be normal life for those of you old enough to remember it how are you doing today a crazy day with the rogers outage i know i was uh, texting a couple of people this morning that i communicate with pretty much daily for work and was not getting a reply tried phoning oh the phone won't even go through so i use good old-fashioned email and that's how I communicated with a couple of colleagues today. My oh my, wasn't that uh, wasn't that a unique experience? Oh, I guess it's still it's still going on, but uh, hopefully we're all back up and running as we move into the weekend. And I hope you have a great weekend ahead of you. I know uh, I got some plans this weekend that I'm really looking forward to, and uh, hopefully the weather is okay. Obviously, we've seen some storm activity and a lot of rain for I guess most of the spring and the summer. Certainly a bit of rain last night at Commonwealth Stadium. The game was delayed because of lightning in the area, and my, oh, my, what a rough ride for the Edmonton Elks as they were absolutely throttled 49-6 by the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, Lots of injuries for the Elks, including Trey Ford, the promising young quarterback for the team who was hurt in the first quarter after making a spectacular play, showing his ability to evade the rush, keeping the play alive, going deep to Kai Loxley, who later played quarterback himself and got a little bit banged up. Farhan Lalji reporting probably a couple of weeks for Trey Ford with a collarbone injury. Oh, man. Uh, The Elks got a long way to go. I think we knew that. Pretty discouraging that two of their five games have ended in uh, extremely lopsided blowout losses. The other three games they've played were close. They've only only able to win one of them. Would you not love to pry Vernon Adams out of Montreal at this point? I hope Chris Jones is working on that. But we'll talk to Blake Dermott about last night's game a little bit later on. Of course, the NHL draft ended today. The Oilers uh, did not have the second rounder, did not have a third rounder, did not have a fourth rounder. This was after trading Zach Cassian and a couple of draft picks down the road to the Arizona Coyotes. So the Oilers gave up the 29th pick, moved down four spots to 32, and still got a player who I think is pretty promising, and that's Reed Schaefer, who plays for the Seattle uh, Thunderbirds in the Western Hockey League. They lost to the Oil Kings in the championship series last month. Uh, I think uh, a player who, a pretty versatile player, I think can play with some grit, pretty good character player. Clearly one of those guys you won't see in the lineup for, you know, 
probably two, three, four seasons down the road. But I, I think the Oilers are pretty happy to get him. I know Bob Stoffer was really pumping up Reed Schaefer. We had him on the show a couple days ago. And, uh, of course, Bob has his own excellent program, Oilers Now, from noon to two every weekday here on 630 Shed. He talked a lot about Reed Schaefer. He had Reed Schaefer on his show earlier today. And we'll uh, play some parts of that conversation as we move along tonight. Duncan Keith is going to retire. The Oilers have declined to confirm or comment on those uh, reports, but several credible sources, including Pierre Lebrun, reporting that today. So that's going to free up even more cap space for the Edmonton Oilers. So they cleared up a little over $3 million with the Cassian trade. They did not get a player back in that deal. And now $5.5 million by uh, Duncan Keith retiring. So when you factor in that uh, Oscar Clefbaum is going to be on LTIR again, and Mike Smith very, very likely to be on long-term injured reserve got about $20 million in cap space for the Oilers. Now, to use all the LTAR, you got to get right up to the salary cap to make it uh, most efficient, but I, w- I would expect the Oilers to do that. So how are they going to spend this money? Well, we talked a lot about goaltending earlier in the week. By, by, by the way, I'll give the final results of that uh, poll I put out a couple of days ago. That uh, we, would, we started at Wednesday night and we ran it until uh, noon on Thursday. Which of these Oilers would you most like to, sorry, which of these goalies would you most like to see with the Oilers next season? Got almost 2,000 votes. Jack Campbell, 38.8%. Billy Huso, 32.8%. And Darcy Kemper, the cup champ, 28.3%. It's not going to be Billy Huso. He was traded. His rights were traded from St. Louis to Detroit today for the 73rd overall pick and then he's not going to go to free agency Detroit signs him to a three-year contract worth 4.75 million dollars per season so uh Kemper you know maybe he's going to wind up in Washington or somewhere like that I I would think Campbell is the most likely guy to become an Edmonton Oiler we'll see how that plays out we're moving into free agency that's coming up on Wednesday the 13th so how are the Oilers potentially going to spend this 20 million dollars that they have and maybe there's going to be more I mean Warren Fogle could be traded uh, you could see um, you, you could see Tyson Berry traded. We'll see how that shakes out on the back end, but maybe there's going to be more money than that available. But for now, let's go with that. Well, I think you look at uh, a goaltender probably being about $5 million. Don't forget defenseman Brett Kulak. Pretty, pretty good performance, I thought, after he was acquired from Montreal at the trade deadline. Somebody said to me today, comparable perhaps to Cody Cece, maybe won't get quite as much, maybe $3 million a season for Kulak, so that's $8 million gone right there. McLeod and Yamamoto, both restricted free agents. Let's say that they combined are around $4 million. So now you've uh, eaten up 12 of the $20 million with four players, one of whom is a hypothetical human, the goaltender. We don't know exactly who it's going to be yet. Does Evander Kane want to stay? Could you get Evander Kane for $7 million? That's probably the highest you could go unless you free up a little bit more space. We don't really know still what's going to happen with Kane, with the grievance with the San Jose Sharks. Could could the uh, arbitrator say that contract with the Sharks is still good? Could the arbitrator say you are indeed an unrestricted free agent? You can sign with whoever you want. I would think some team out there is going to give Kane $8 million plus or $8 million or maybe a little bit more does he simply go for that? But I'm going to put him in for seven as a possible Edmonton Oiler. So then you have about a million left to, uh, you know, replace Jesse Pugliarvi. And I'm assuming at this point that uh, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi's rights are going to be traded somewhere as we move through the summer. So that's hypothetically how it could break down. Um, now, if Kane decides he's not going to be an Oiler, 
you got a lot more to play with. Uh, but can you get a, a player of Kane's caliber? I mean, Claude Giroux has been talked about, who who is uh, not uh, certainly. I mean, he's a very good offensive player. I, I don't know if he has the all-round game that Kane has, but I mean, he would look pretty good here. I don't think you'd have to pay seven million dollars for him. But that—that's just how I broke it down. If Kane is coming back, and that's that's a big if, and that's going to be a big deal uh, for the fortune of the fortunes of the Oilers in the season to come. So that's how I, I put the goalie at five. I put Kulak at three. I put McLeod and Yamamoto together at four million dollars, and Evander Kane at seven. So that would eat up nineteen of the twenty available for the Edmonton Oilers. And this is assuming that Skinner and Holloway are on the roster, by the way. So Skinner is your second goaltender to the hypothetical human who would be the uh, primary goaltender going into the coming season. Always happy to hear from you. If your phone works, I guess that's the big gift today, isn't it? You can call 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can email the show, insidesports at 630ched.com. That might be the most reliable way to reach me tonight. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K. INS. So that's uh, that's how I broke down the uh, available money for the Oilers. And and again, I mentioned a couple other players who could be traded. Cassian was moved, and the the Oilers given up a second and a and a third rounder. You know, in years down the road, nothing immediate. Who knows by then if Ken Holland's even going to be the general manager by the time those picks actually go to the Coyotes and uh, Edmonton swapped picks 29 and 32. So Edmonton rounding it out today. Uh, fifth rounder, they got a goaltender, Samuel Janssen. Sixth rounder, they got a left shot D, Nikita Yevseyev. And in the seventh round, right near the end of the draft, 222nd all, overall, they took Yoel Mata who is uh, about six foot one, 200 pounds. He shoots left. He's a center. He's from Helsinki. He uh, just played this past season at the University of Vermont. Didn't have huge stats, six points in 32 games, but he's clearly uh, committed to playing that North American game. Prior to going to Vermont, he played in the USHL for two seasons with Sioux City. Tyler Wright is the Oilers' director of amateur scouting. A little bit on Mata. I mean, he played at the World Juniors, you know, and, you know, he had a couple goals early and we were kind of on him before that. And then, you know, I was kind of hoping, not in a negative way, but, you know, we wanted to kind of, you know, keep him pushed back a little bit for, you know, we knew we didn't have a ton of picks, but um, another six foot two, six foot three body, another guy that's good on faceoffs, penalty kill, penalty kill uh, goes to the net. Omada played at the World Juniors here in Edmonton, only played a couple of games as the tournament was shortened. He did come up with three points. Nikita Yevseyev listed at 6'1", about 187. Played last year in Russia, part of the season in junior hockey, part of the season in the Russian equivalent of the AHL. Once again, Tyler Wright. He's bigger than listed, so um, you know, he's just another big competitive guy on the back end and um, trying to add to the pool and see somebody to grab a spot. All right, and the goaltender, he's a big boy. Samuel Janssen played junior hockey in Sweden last season. He's 6'5", a little over 200 pounds. Tyler Wright on this guy. Big goalie, uh, had a really good year in Brinas. He's going to um, move to play in, in Rogla for the following year. Um, you know, we had him kind of targeted there and 
you know, it's another goaltender we get into the system and try to develop. Well, we like some goalies. Um, obviously, you're at the mercy. We're sitting there for, you know, quite some time. You know, only two goalies had went in the first three rounds, and, you know, that fourth round, they all start going. So, um, you know, he was obviously one of our targets, and, you know, we think that we, we lucked out with him, you know, getting him where we did. So time will tell. All right, so uh, there we go. Obviously, some later round picks here for the Oilers today, longer term projects, and uh, we'll see how they work out. Reed Schaefer, the player that uh, you're... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not um, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're all excited about he's the first rounder, Western Hockey League from Spruce Grove. We'll get to part of his chat with Bob Stoffer when we get back to Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Got a, I got another Reed to tell you about. Reed Schaefer grew up in Spruce Grove. Just finished his season with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Had 58 points in 66 regular season games, including 32 goals. Pretty good playoff as well. 21 points in 25 games. He's 6'3", about 214 pounds. The Oilers took him 32nd overall. Last pick of the first round last night. He was talking to Bob Stoffer about the experience. Oh, it was awesome. You know, coming to pick 32 there, I was pretty nervous. So, uh, you know, to hear my name called by the Oilers there is a pretty surreal moment and, you know, a dream come true. So, yeah, definitely very exciting. Now, I probably mentioned you, I don't know, 2,200 times over the last uh, (laughs) month on this show. But did you have any inclination that the Oilers were uh, thinking of taking you? Uh, no, not really, actually. I think uh, the the talk started uh, heating up about a week ago, and I think Bob Green there took me out for Starbucks, and I think that's when uh, things started to get real, and, and they were showing a lot of interest. So uh, I knew they liked to hold their cards pretty close to their chest, so um, you know, I'm happy to be a part of the organization now. Now, you're a local kid. Uh, you grew up in Spruce Grove, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. When you think of where you were a couple of years ago as a player, is it crazy to think you ended up being a first-round draft choice? Absolutely. You know, I, I wouldn't have expected myself to be in this situation come three years ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm extremely grateful. How did it happen? What changed? What altered your game? How did you take such a progressive step over the last couple of seasons, Reed? Yeah, I think I've just been a very determined uh, individual uh, my whole life. I like to work, and, and I like to prove people wrong. So, um, that coming off that COVID year, it wasn't the best season I would like to have. Uh, so I really used that off season to get better and, and hone my skills and just get faster and stronger. So, yeah, I just went into this past season with a lot more confidence, and I think it, it definitely helps. So, uh, yeah, I just, I'd say it's a testament to how hard I work. How would you define yourself as a player? What are your strengths? 
Yeah, I definitely believe I'm a big two-way power forward that's got that offensive upside. I think uh, I'm a pretty unique player that uh, can play up and down your lineup or, or play power play, play PK, stuff like that. So uh, I think I'm very versatile, and, and I think my strengths are my shot and my skating ability. Uh, you guys exacted a uh, physical toll on the Edmonton Oil Kings during the course of that series. The one thing I noticed, though, is you were not afraid to, well, let's just say kind of impose your physical will and and get trying to get in the – you were around some of their best players, you know, including a guy like Gooley, who was the best defenseman in the entire league. Uh, yeah. Does that – you know what? Like, Reed, there's not a lot of guys that do that anymore that are willing to get something started and try to get guys engaged and off their game. Is that part of your repertoire? And I know your dad played, and yeah. uh, he's a little bit more limited of a player than you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, does that maybe come in the Schaefer household, or what's the deal? Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, I kind of like to play on an edge throughout my whole hockey career there. So uh, I'm a guy that likes to play physical and, and get in guys' faces. So, yeah, that's definitely uh, a thing I like to do. Uh, tell me this. Who was your favorite uh, player growing up as a kid? Uh, yeah, I, I watched a lot of Oilers games growing up, so you know, I was, I was a fan of the Sean Horkoffs, the, the Taylor Hall, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, definitely those guys. We're joined right now by Reed Schaefer, uh, who's out of Seattle Thunderbirds. He had a 32-goal, 88-penalty-minute uh, season uh, this year in 66 games after uh, playing 25 games of major junior hockey the two previous years. It's 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 really a, a remarkable story. Uh, how closely were you you watching a couple of your other teammates? Uh, I know that Kevin Kurczynski ended up going seventh overall. I remember, I'm going to date myself here, but I watched his dad play for the Saskatchewan Huskies back in the mid-1980s. And then Jordan Gustafson, who's from our Drossen as well. I mean, were you keeping tabs on those guys as well? Absolutely, yeah. I've been keeping tabs on my other teammates. I think uh, my other teammate there, Jared Davidson. You were talking about Jared Davidson? Yeah. Go on. Yeah, definitely. uh, Very exciting to see them uh, go through that process and get picked. So, yeah, I'm definitely very excited for them. Uh, you guys are going to have a fair amount of your team back this year, are you not? Yeah, we're losing, uh, I think, six key guys. But other than that, I think we're going to be a really good young team next year. And I think we'll have another crack at the WHL Championship. So I'm excited. Matt Odette is the head coach. Matt Marquardt was acquired by the Oilers organization for their Springfield farm team back in the late uh, 2000s. He uh, he was a, a fairly prolific fighter, as I recall. Uh, yeah. Is there, I mean, how competitive, when you've got a team, like Seattle's had the heaviest team in the league for a while. And that sort of, that's yeah. just it's part of who they are, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah we like to play with uh, some grit, and uh, we're a very uh, hard-working, relentless team, so uh, we make it hard on the other teams, that's for sure. Yesterday, after you were announced as the Oilers' first-round pick, uh, and we are occasionally fortunate enough to have this individual uh, join us uh, maybe about once every six weeks on Oilers now, but you got a call from a guy named Wayne? Is that I right? did, yeah. What's yeah, that like? Oh, it was awesome. I think I was just standing there getting pictures done, and uh, I got a call from California. I'm like, who's this? And then I picked it up, and it was Wayne Gretzky. So uh, definitely a very cool experience, and he just wanted to congratulate me. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a thing I won't forget, that's for sure. All right. I mentioned uh, the family. Who if, uh, Was there anybody that was specifically emotional when your name got uh, shouted out as a first-round draft choice for the Edmonton Oilers? 
Yeah, I'd definitely say my mom, my mom and my dad. Um, you know, they've sacrificed so much for me um, throughout my hockey career, so they're they definitely uh, very excited to see me get drafted, but uh, also my brothers. I know uh, my one brother wasn't able to make it there as he's participating in the top 80 there in Red Deer, so um, I was cheering him along uh, from a distance, but, yeah, I think uh, my whole family is just a big support system, so, yeah, they're all proud for sure. Take us through what happens between now and development camp. Are the orders giving you sort of the plan as to what's going to happen here? Yeah, uh, today I just touring Montreal and kind of getting to know the city. But uh, and tomorrow I'm going to fly back home to Edmonton and, and check in at the JW Marriott there. And I think Dev Camp starts Sunday, so um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to getting started. Well, it's uh, it's an awesome story. It's been wonderful to watch your progression during the course of this season. Um, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Josh Anderson. Tyler Wright, one of his first moves as head scout for Ebit- or for Columbus when he worked for former Oilers assistant GM Scott Housen when Scott was the GM there. He stepped up and took Josh Anderson in the fourth round. I see yeah. some similarities. You can skate. You play with it. Like to me, you're a bit like Wills, Tom Wilson, or uh, Josh Anderson. That's the hope. Those are two pretty good players, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Those guys have established themselves in the NHL, so, yeah, it would be an honor to be uh, recognized as one of them. All right, there's the first-round pick for your Oilers this season, Reed Schaefer, in conversation with Bob Stoffer on Oilers now earlier today. More on the Oilers and the Elks, and are the Blackhawks going in the tank? Coming up. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.